Anybody who's on the fence about being a self-employed business owner, get off the fence and just take a risk. Same business, different day. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Same Business, Different Day podcast. I'm glad to be joined by two co-hosts today. First, I want to welcome Alyssa to the podcast, our resident English teacher, comic book nerd. I mean that in a good way. And all around awesome person. Alyssa Lee Good, thank you for being on the boards as well as on the mic. Oh, it's my pleasure, Z. How was your week? Really good. Yeah. Having a great week, actually. Really busy week. Busy. Doing a lot. Yeah. But that's good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I smoked a brisket for you guys, so I I'm, I'm gonna get up there and help celebrate that party too. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, I hope people enjoy fun. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I want to welcome the man that I didn't give enough of an intro to last week, last week's podcast, Joe. Seriously, I needed to give him a better intro. The man that taught me how to get up for work in the morning, mm. how to take responsibility for the work Keep that you going. did that day, even if it keeps you up at night. <laughs> The man that taught me that business isn't coming looking for you. You mm. got to go look for the business. Wow. I refer to him simply as Pops, my friend and father, Bill Corley. Pops, mm. how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. And I appreciate that introduction. And uh, I am proud to be called Pops also. So if people in the audience want to refer to me as Pops, I'm, I'm good with it. That's what's up. You got it, Pops. <laughs> you forgive me for last week? You're forgiven. Thank you. <laughs> Our guest today, I've known for a few years now. Uh, we've seen each other out and about in work settings and even sometimes here and there in a restaurant or two. Uh, if you see him out in a nice suit, you'll know exactly who he is. If you see him in a baseball cap, you'll know exactly who he is. Usually because that cap says the name of his city Vista on it. Mm. Branding. Mm-hmm. What you will always see him in is a big smile. Just like I mentioned about our guest last week, I see that he's a good family man, so we know he's a man of great character. There are a few articles you'll find written about him that don't use the word gregarious. Mm. So I know that our listeners will have fun listening to him talk today. He showed me his calendar. He fit us right in behind mm. his scheduled call with his mom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he has a larger than life personality. If we had a whole marching band to introduce this guy, it wouldn't be enough. Mm. The most handsome guy in the building. We're happy to introduce our listeners to Mr. Magnetic. Clean. Ooh. Joe Green. Mm, he said, clean Joe Green. Man, that's because I showered for you today, Zeke. That could also be big Joe Green. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, it's funny. You use the word gregarious, and I want to tell you, the first article that was ever written about me, mm-hmm. I had to Google gregarious. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, that's a good thing, right? It's a good so, word. Yeah. It's no. a really good word. No, and now I'm going to use it in Scrabble if you got a bunch of G's. That's what's up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks for having me today. Yeah, sir. man, we're happy to have you. Really uh, glad that you made it, man. We want to start from the beginning because um, we'll talk a little bit more as we go along about okay. what the podcast is all about about 
who we're trying to attract and who we're trying to impress with this podcast. And um, I really want to start from the beginning as we tell this story. And um, I kind of want to know what you wanted to be when you grew up, man. I, w- I wanted Ooh. to know what, where it all started. Dang. Um, well, I never really knew what I wanted to be, to be honest. Um, okay. You want to start from the beginning? Uh, yeah. My, my dad left my mom when I was two months old. So okay. I was raised by a single mom. Uh-huh. Uh, mom worked three jobs just to put food on the table. And uh, she decided to move to California when I was six years old. And I came with my older brother and older sister. We moved out to uh, what we thought was a... Uh, fantastic community in Vista. She always wanted to live uh, in Los Angeles and there was a street called East Los Angeles Street in Vista. So uh, we moved to East Los Angeles Street in Vista when I was six years old and um, you know having a single mom she installed a really big work ethic in me and I tell you my first job was sweeping the parking lot at Bottle Bin Liquor here in Vista for 50 cents once a week and uh, that started in the third grade because I wanted to make money to get a (laughs) chocodile and play Legend of Cage man. (laughs) When you had to actually put a quarter in a video game you know um but yeah you know when i when i was young i really didn't have an idea of what i wanted i just knew that i wanted to be a good dad and i wanted to meet a woman and i wanted to have kids and i wanted to have a good family because as a young man that's what i was lacking and i was lacking an influence of a man uh in my life and it was real rough on my mom and yeah. i wanted to make sure that i could be that for a family growing up so uh from a career standpoint i really had no clue um my mom uh, ended up getting into real estate when I was about 13 or 14 years old. Uh, initially, she worked for a church called Mana uh, Open Heart Ministries, Mana Christian Fellowship. And it actually was right across the street from Rancho Minerva Middle School. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Vista Magnet Middle School here in Vista. Used to be Lincoln Middle School. So uh, she worked for the church. Then she got into real estate. And I kind of followed in mom's footsteps uh, when she was when I was 14, 13 to 14. She married the man I call my dad right now. Uh, his name is John Frolander, and uh, he he helped her kind of get into real estate. But I also inherited five new brothers and sisters when she <laughs> okay, got married. Okay, okay. So my my mom always wanted to marry a man who was tall, dark, and handsome, <laughs> and she got a man who was short, chubby, and bald, and uh, somebody with no kids, and he had five kids. And it's funny how God works because yeah. uh, His plan A is always better than your plan A, B, and C. Yeah. So bringing this man into my life uh, was a really good thing, and. He actually installed a really good work ethic in me because uh, his family owned restaurants here in North County. That's what, uh, they what owned, did he do? Yeah. So they owned a, what was called the Frolanders Quails Inn here in San Marcos. I know okay. you know how much you know about North County, but uh, I, I bust tables for him for a little bit from the ages of about 15 to 17 yeah. before I decided to get into family business with them. Yeah. And uh, they opened a company called Homes in North County and American Residential Lenders. It was your one-stop shop for homes and loans. Mm-hmm. And we had a magazine that we put out in North County. And people would call in on this magazine and we'd close down the leads and in uh, work. So, you know, that's how I eventually ended up, you know, getting into what my what my business model ended up being. But, uh, you know, from a from a from a young boy to where I am now, uh, it was really just about working, man. I always just want my mom always said I had a really expensive taste and I was raised on. I tell people government cheese, food stamps and powdered milk. Uh-huh. And she said, you're going to need to get a job making a lot of money because when <laughs> I'd get 50 bucks a year for school clothes, I would get one pair of shorts and one T-shirt. And I would try to keep those nice. And my brothers and sisters would go get a lot of outfits with their money. So um, you needed more money. I, I needed more money. I needed, <laughs> I needed to work. I needed to work. And, and that's what it came into. But she instilled a good work ethic in you. And it oh. seems like that she might have had a, a good um, sales background as well. Like she she had a sales at least ability. 
Yeah, she did. And actually, my mom is uh, one of the most amazing women I know, obviously. Uh, you know, her and my wife are my top two for sure. That's but uh, my mom never yelled one day in her life at me. Uh, she never Beautiful. used a bad word at all. She was uh, very strong in her faith, woman of God, but she was really big on low tones. And if you hear me, you hear I don't have a low tone. <laughs> I'm very animated, you know. And uh, they didn't have a term ADHD or ADD when I was a kid. And they used to just let me out um, from class early to go to recess. And uh, mom would come meet him at the teacher conferences. They say he's a great kid, but we, you know, he, but, when he's done but, with his work, yeah. he bothers everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, but no, man, for sure. Mom was a really big influence. She's, she's still around. She's a big influence. I call her every Wednesday morning after my Kiwanis Club yeah. uh, just to kind of touch base with her. And Beautiful. and she for sure instilled a good work ethic in me and uh, just a good passion for life, you know. That's awesome, man. Any other mentors, like, you know, going, you know, growing up? Um, um, you know, there were a couple. As a, as a guy with no dad, we were kind of, uh, you know, we were put in that's different right. positions. Yeah, there was a I'm gentleman asking. by the name of Jerry Jameson years ago. I don't even know what he's doing these days, but anybody knows Jerry Jameson, tell him Joe Green says hello. Yeah. Uh, he would actually pick us up from, pick me up from church uh, on Sundays and take me home to his family. And, you know, it was a nice house. He had a tennis. I mean, it was totally different type of life. So uh -huh. there were some different men that kind of stepped up to form okay. us. Another guy by the name of Daniel Jones, who was the pastor of Summit Christian <laughs> Church here in San Marcos now. Uh, his name was DJ growing up. He was my youth leader but when we lived on east los angeles street kind of a funny story uh, my bike got stolen and we didn't have a man and we know who stole it we knew who it was mm. and dj actually came over to the house asked where it was and went down the road and got the bike and brought it back that's and, awesome you know i remember as a young guy going man i want to be that type of guy yeah. man. Get some bike for somebody. Yeah. so you know there were there were definitely good men who stepped up and kind of showed me what it was to be a man mm -hmm. um you know How about sports uh, so I, I never had money to play sports because mom was, you know, we're real poor. So I can never really play organized sports. Um, I did get to play a year of baseball when I was like 12 and hit a bunch of home runs. It was great. <laughs> um, but in the middle of the season, I had to get sent back to live with my dad because of some financial stuff. My father uh, with my mom um, in high school, I wrestled. I got to play football. Um, I also played trumpet and that was kind of where my passion, uh, ended up, uh, when all was said and done was with my trumpet. So, uh, I played trumpet basically for about, uh, eight years from middle school through high school. And I still play my trumpet today just to kind of jam out and get a little hot air out. That's so, awesome. um, but football and wrestling was fun. It was really humbling. Um, when I moved to Illinois, my junior year in high school, our football team, the Granite City Warriors, uh, we failed to win and finished 0-10. Okay. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, good with uh, dealing with adversity, and uh, we fail forward, you know. You so, yeah. so, yeah, those are my sports. The reason I asked about sports, though, is because, you know, when we talk about, like, how teams are formulated, right, yeah. you know, um, and working together in – you know, your career nowadays, yeah. you know that you have to work together with the team and maybe you're the coach, yeah. right? And uh, the way this podcast is set up, we, we really don't talk about exactly what you do until later in the podcast. Ooh, we kind of let them guess a little bit, yeah. you know? And so we, we want our, our listeners to kind of figure out uh, who you are. If they can't figure out that you're a salesperson by now, then yeah. they, they've kind of lost. <laughs> they've already <laughs> lost the game. Yeah. But uh, so you guys got to take shots or something. I don't know what yeah, they do. But, yeah. but what we really want is um, to kind of just get a background on cool. how things get developed in that direction. Um, so uh, what does it take to be a business owner mm. in, you know, 
in 2020, yeah. let alone you've been a business owner for how many years now? Since uh, 97, I was on my own. Right, so right. A 20 does year it, old kid, so basically. does that mean that you you have to be the popular guy in school? Does it have to Not mean, mean that you have to be the captain of the football Not team? Not at all. Um, I think in order to be successful in business, you just got to be able to get up every morning, put one foot in front of the other and be willing to work hard. And yeah. be, be willing to believe in yourself, you know? Right. Um, a lot of people do a lot of the same things and you need to do whatever you can to set yourself apart. Yes, sir. Um, for me, it didn't happen overnight, you know? Um, I, I said, you know, I started working um, in my business when I was really young, you know? I was a, was a paperwork pusher and, you know, I did everything from cleaning the toilets to washing the windows yeah. to cleaning off newspaper racks and yeah. you name it. Um, but I think you have to, you have to start small. You got to start somewhere yeah. and you got to really get your foundation. So, um, for me, it was just putting in the time, putting in the work, you know, also getting involved in the community. Um, okay. there's no substitute for relationships. And if you want to be a business owner and you want to be in business, people have to trust you mm -hmm. and people trust you when they know that you serve your community. Um, you can't always be going after people trying to make money off of people. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I call it commission breath when you're in sales. OK, mm -hmm. people know when you need to sell something. And I like to dedicate the majority of my time to serving my community. And whether that's serving in the PTA, um, I was the president of my kids PTAs, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school. Okay. I was the president of the entire PTA for the entire Vista Unified School District for two years. I was the communications chair. I was the vice president. So for 13 years, I served as a parent in the PTA, the Parent Teacher Administration. Uh, the reason I did that, I said earlier, I, I didn't have a dad growing up. And I wanted to be that that influence on campus. You know, maybe that only high five you were getting or only hug you got from a man ever mm -hmm. was just from somebody else's dad who was there trying to make a difference. Beautiful. So I served in the PTA. I also served in my church, you know, working with uh, high school kids, um, you know, just kind of letting them know, hey, this is what it takes to be a man in today's world. And this is what it takes to support a family. And, you know, this is kind of, you know, how you should do things. So service in my community was, you know, a huge part of making my business successful because when people can trust that you care about them, the business comes. And I've been doing this long enough now to where I don't advertise. And, you know, I don't know if people are calling me to talk about their days or if they're calling because they want me to do some work for them, you know, but either way, I'm going to be available and I'm going to make sure that I nurture all of those relationships, whether they're going to make me money or not, because that's inevitably in business. How you make money is based off your relationships. There's no better call than a call that's what we call a hot call. You know, Zeke asked me to call you. Oh, what's going on, man? Zeke's my friend. Hey, what's going on? It's Belief here from the How Made Are You podcast. My wife, Yvette, and I share our authentic story, love language, and life on our podcast. Don't forget to check it out. I promise you, you will be inspired. How Married Are You podcast. The Vista Chamber of Commerce serves our local business community. We're a catalyst for business growth, providing connections to business prospects, networking opportunities, and relationships in a friendly referral-based environment. We provide access to business resources, information, and training to support the growth and professional development for you and your employees. We're a convener of leaders and influencers, and we provide advocacy representation with elected officials, policymakers, and business leaders at every level of government. We have influence over issues that directly impact your business and facilitate collaborations of business and community leaders to identify and to solve challenges. Lastly, we're a champion for a stronger community and we strive to inspire smart planning decisions for long-term community sustainability. We identify strategic partnerships to benefit the business retention and growth, workforce development, and charitable giving. 
and we represent a vibrant community by responding to visitor needs and providing assistance through our office. Check us out online at www.vistachamber.org. It always has to be about the people. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to put people over profits in any business. Um, you know, money comes and goes, but the relationships are there forever. And you only have to treat one person bad to ruin your entire reputation. So you have to yes, treat sir. every single person like they're your first client every single day. Beautiful. So mm-hmm. I love that advice. That's that's great advice. I tell you, he speaks in parables. We sure we, we figured that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as you have talked to these young folks, you know, in you know through the PTA and all of that. Now, you think they graduate high school, what, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old? Mm-hmm. You bought your first house at 19. Yes, I did. I read. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. How'd and that come about? And, and, and I mean, you know, walk us through a, a young person own, you know, owning a house when you're yeah, 19. Getting it okay. well, that early. Before you do that, Joe. Yes, sir. I hear a lot of young people today, uh-huh. uh, and they tell you that owning real estate is old school. Mm. Okay. It's not something that you really should strive to do. Yeah. Can you kind of give us a reason why they might want to reconsider that? I will just give you reasons from a real estate standpoint. I've seen wealth built over my 20 years since 1997 when I became a licensed real estate agent. I was selling houses in Vista zero to 200,000. Three bedroom, four bedroom houses. If you were going to spend $200,000, I was going to sell you a house. If you were to try to buy a house in Southern California today for 200,000, there's nothing available. That same price point right now, is it about 600,000? So over 23 years, right? And dang, I've been selling real estate for 23 years. Over 23 years in real estate, prices have tripled, okay? So if you bought a house, when I bought a house, and unfortunately I don't own that same house that I bought in 19, you know, 98, um, but if you held on to that house and you bought another one, the way that the real estate market works is it's like a roller coaster. It goes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down, but the peaks are higher every time you reach the peak. And the valleys are never low as the valleys were previously. So real estate is the only investment that is pretty much guaranteed to go up with the cost of living. And if you pay your mortgage payment, you're always gaining equity. You don't have that same guarantee with stocks and bonds or commodities because those are volatile um, investments. And real estate is the only investment that is not a volatile investment. And if you're paying somebody's, if you're paying rent every single month, Somebody owns that property. You're paying their payment. So why not strive to be the guy who owns that building? Okay. If you want to rent a house, you're more than welcome to rent it. But may as well own one and have somebody pay the payment. Build yourself some equity. So no, real estate, in my opinion, is the best financial investment. The most money that I've ever made in my life. You know, the ability to pay off loans and student loans and cars and weddings and all that has come from buying and selling real estate. So for any of those young kids who think it's not uh, what they want, I will show you the math of it. And I love to say it's not magic, it's math. And the numbers don't lie. (laughs) With real estate, numbers don't lie. There's another one. It's not magic, it's math. Yeah, write all these down, man. Yeah, write them down. (laughs) Are we recording? I think we're recording. (laughs) Actually, I like that question. So now back to the young folks. Go ahead. Um, Okay, now you, I mean, a 19-year-old homeowner. 
Yeah, so 19 year old homework. So the way that started is I, I was a busboy in my uh, father, my you know my dad's restaurant for a couple of years, and then mm-hmm. I decided to come and be a transaction coordinator. So uh, at the age of 16 or 15 and a half, they had work experience when I was in high school, and I became a W two employee. You know, making a certain amount hourly. Um, so I had two years W twos, and the way it works when you want to buy a house, it's the rule of twos. Okay, you got to have two years taxes, two years W twos, two months paycheck stubs, two months bank statements, two forms of ID. The rule of twos, the all twos. right? Uh-huh. And you need to be on your job or in the same line of work for guess how long? Two years, <laughs> all right? So uh, in order to buy a house, you just have to have all that set up. In addition, you have to have at least two trades of credit, okay. seasoned, uh, <laughs> seasoned for at least two years, and one trade seasoned for 12 months. Mm-hmm. So those are the minimum requirements to buy a house, mm-hmm. all right? So somebody who's 16 years old who has a job right now could really get a secured credit card. You know, you pay 500 bucks. Look, if anybody credit card with a social mm-hmm. security number, mm-hmm. you get two years in the same line of work. By the time you're 18, you're lined up to do it. Yeah. And I bought my first house on an FHA loan. I did have somebody okay. gift me my down payment. Okay. Um, but my debt to income ratios were good and boom, made it happen. So it's definitely possible for anybody to do. You just have to make sure that you're checking all the boxes for qualification. That's awesome. So. And one other thing I want to throw out there, because we talked about the people that I have mentored. Um, I have led um, two different groups from ninth grade through 12th grade, right? So four years of high school, right? So I've been doing the high school ministry for about 14 years. Two of those groups that I put through, I actually put to work two of those guys. A gentleman by the name of Spencer Soto, gentleman by the name of Blank Morris. You can Google both of them and they're both successful at selling homes now. So it's kind of cool when you when you mentor kids and you don't really know what they want to do. I inspired them to get into my profession and they've been successful doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. So I've got a piece here where I kind of take you back to school. Take me to school. All right, settle down, people. We've got a lot to cover and time is short. Meaning that I'm actually the one in school right now. Mm -hmm. I'm attending SDSU um, for a a certificate program, learning about PR, hospitality. My focus is event planning. Um, And so, you know, that my instructors are telling me, here's all the things you're going to want to do to be successful in a business, in running your own business. So my idea is I want to ask someone who's actually doing it, you know, is the instructor right? Can, I, can I apply the practice? Let's see. Let's um, see, Mr. Instructor so or Miss Instructor. Miss. Thank you. Um, so one example, I had someone say, um, don't be so efficient that you avoid collaboration. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what do you think about that? So early on in your career, you're going to want to avoid collaboration because you think everybody's the competition. All <laughs> yeah. right. That not everybody's the competition. Okay. I tell everybody I have no competition but myself. If I don't wake up and work hard every day, I can't expect to be successful. And that's how business works as well. So I think when you collaborate with the competition, you have a better ability to provide a good service to the consumer. Because when you are working with others and gleaning off what it is they do to be successful, Mm -hmm. it makes you better at what you do. So right now I have a fantastic relationship with other people in the same industry. And in sales, that is a fantastic you know, thing to have is relationships like that. So, so no, you have to collaborate in order to be successful. They push it in schools all the time Mm -hmm. and it should not go away when you become an adult. So the good job, Miss Instructor on that one. Okay. (laughs) Never be so efficient. You don't collaborate, but never lack, never think being efficient is a bad thing because being efficient is good, but collaboration is more important. That's awesome, man. Thanks for breaking that down. That's no problem. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I like that segment. We're going to keep that segment. Yeah, yeah lose playing. the other ones, but that one's so far. Uh, networking. 
That's how we, that's Ooh, how you and I we, met. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, just just out and about. You know, that's yeah. kind of what I call it, right? Because, you, go. you know, it's got a, a a good time slot for me where mm-hmm. I can get out of the office and just go out and shake some hands, shake yeah. as many hands as I can, put a glass in my left hand, shake hands with the right. Yeah. That's that's the style. But um, what do you think about net? Like, what's your approach to networking? Mm. I, I know that you believe in relationships, yeah. but um, you know, how do you approach it? I'm always networking. Yeah. All right. Um, I got a guy for everything. All right. That's always my philosophy is I got a guy for everything. So yeah. uh, from a networking perspective, you should ne- you should always want to network and you should never stop networking. Your network should always be growing because the more people that you have at your disposal or that you're that can work with you, per se, um, the more valuable of an asset you are to other people. And it's for a lot of different things. I mean, people will call me to see if I know a good attorney or I know a good plumber. I know a good construction worker. All right. None of that makes me any money at all. But knowing all those people and knowing they can call me and ask me for that when they need me for my business, you best believe I'm going to be the first person that they call. So networking is important. Uh, I think you should be a member of your local chamber. If you're not, join it, especially as a young business, because a lot of established businesses show up to those mixers. Um, My business has been on the same street for over 20 years. And I show up to my chamber mixers. That's where I met Zeke. Yes, sir. I also think that you should join a local nonprofit like a Rotary Club or a Kiwanis Club or, you know, whatever other types of the Optimist Club. I don't want to leave any clubs out because they get upset. Um, but join a local club, a philanthropy club that's doing something in your community. And you don't got to have a ton of money, man. They would rather have somebody who wants to work hard, somebody who wants to volunteer, somebody who wants to be boots on the ground. And that's the best way to network, because when you're in those environments, you're not looking to make money. You're looking to build relationships. How do you work your way around that room, though? I mean, because, you know, a lot of folks, they can get in that room, you know, yeah. so they join, uh-huh. but then, then they're uncomfortable when they're Ooh. in there. So you need to be approachable. All right. Um and being approachable a lot has to do with nonverbal cues, all right? Has to do with the way you present yourself. Okay. Has to do with eye contact, all right? <laughs> You'll notice that when we're sitting here, we, we, we're we looking. I, I'm engaged. I'm making sure you guys know that I'm dealing with you here. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people don't understand nonverbal cues. There's what's called your EQ, which is your emotional quantitative ability, and your IQ. A lot of people know about IQ, Write it down. but Write they don't know about EQ, okay? <laughs> Your emotional quantitative ability is like how you judge a situation. How are people vibing off me? Okay. The young kids call it a vibe check. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Um, but as far as grownups, we have to be aware of situations. So how do you work the room? You got to know the room. You got to make eye contact with somebody. When you make eye contact with somebody, they know you're coming. All right. Yeah. Do they look down and do they look away from you or do they look at you and are they engaged? Mm-hmm. That's how you work a room is you look around for people to make connections with. Lock in on that person and walk up, walk up with a business card out, you know, whatever you're confident in saying always needs to be the first word in a networking thing. OK, yeah. so if you go to a networking mixer, pull out your business card. I know my name's Joe Green, <laughs> right? And I can be confident and be like, hey, I'm Joe Green and this is what I do. OK, so any type of mixers or networking you do, make sure the first thing you say, say it confidently. You know, web to web handshakes when it's not covid time and, uh, you know, make sure that you're connected and Try to gauge the situation. If people are looking away a lot when you're talking to them or they're not smiling or they turn away from you, that's probably somebody who doesn't want to hang out with you. And you just move on to the next one. It's like dating. It's a numbers (laughs) game, man. You might introduce yourself to 10 people and only one of them wants to talk to you. What if that one person has five friends? Boom. All right. Right, right, So never be afraid of rejection. You know, Joe, you 
went all around uh, talking about networking, yeah. but a lot of it had to do with community involvement. Yes, sir. And I see you everywhere, and okay. you seem to be involved in everything. Okay. Uh, why should someone want to be involved in their community? I mean, what what's the value in it? Is it just financial, or is it uh, <laughs> more than that? No. Nah, so for me, community has nothing to do with finances, man. Uh, I grew up in this town, and this town for me is about being proud of, of a spot that you live, you know? Um, I want the other cities to look at Vista and be jealous of what we have going on. Um, as a kid growing up in Vista, a lot of other cities developed and got new things and new roads and new schools and things that we didn't get. And uh, as a kid growing up in Vista, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make a change. And being involved in all these aspects allows me to have a voice because when I was the president of the PTA, I represent 22,000 kids. That means something, you know, when kids are when cars are speeding down Foothill Drive and I got kids trying to walk home and I'm a guy representing 22,000 kids. That means something. So you don't do it for the money. You do it for the influence, because when you are an influencer and not necessarily like people say influencers these days on social media, when you're an influence in your community because you're connected in your community, people listen to you. And that's when real change happens. You know, you can't lob grenades on social media and expect to make changes. You have to show up in person places and you have to make those connections in order to make change. So uh, for me, I want Vista to be a place that my family wants to live forever. I want my four kids to want to move back to Vista and raise families in Vista and have everything they need to not have to leave Vista. You know, we got great steakhouses. We got sushi. We got a movie. Theater, we got a water park. We got schools. You know, like we want to have everything you have here. So for me, this is where I live. This is my home. And I treat Vista like a family member. And I get offended when people talk bad about my town. And when there's things wrong with my town, I want to know about it. And I want to make sure that I don't just know about it but I'm doing things to fix it. So I like to tell people that not only are you heard, but actions were taken based off of what you said. And the only reason you do that is because you care for the place. And we all have families, we all have friends, and when we bring them to our homes, we wanna be proud of those homes. And that's why I'm everywhere. That's why I'm connected to everything because for me, this means something to me. And when I die, I want people to say, you know what? Joe Green cared about more than just himself. You know, he cared about his family, his wife, his kids and his community. Mm -hmm. And when you walk into Vista, I want it to be a place that you feel comfortable, safe and you can thrive in. So, well, we see your name around town. It's good stuff. Uh, and yeah, there's signs out on the street, right? We now. want to know about those signs. And, and, and well, let me uh, as we do that, let's let, mm -hmm. let's reveal. Let, mm -hmm. Let's let's do our reveal. Oh, there's a reveal. Okay. Let's get to it. You need insurance. And you need yourinsuranceplace.com as your brokers. And I'll tell you why. They have access to hundreds of carriers and were never left without results. Not even the hard-to-place risks. A good insurance broker is a problem solver. Our team is dedicated to getting you covered. Take time to shop with yourinsuranceplace.com. Save money. Get protected. Yourinsuranceplace.com We want to talk about... Uh Joe Green, a member of Vista, California's District 2 City Council. Mm. Originally elected to City Council in 2016, he is running in the upcoming election to continue his service to his beloved city. Truth. The pride of Vista. Shoot. The real estate mogul in him hasn't gone anywhere. Mm -mm. The business that we've been talking about thus far is still in full operation. So now our listeners are learning even more about the character of the man we're talking to. 
serving the community, mentoring in the church, and so much more. Double, triple, quadruple duty. <laughs> Tremendous work ethic. Eyes on larger prizes. Today, we are thankful to have this man on a mission as our guest, mm. yeah. Joe Green. So you were elected to city council in 2016. I mean, to be yeah. elected has got to be a good feeling, right? Yeah. Because that means other people wanted you there. Hey, man. Like, you what was it like? I want to be like, oh, you bribed him. Like, oh, right. right. yeah. uh, no, sir, that is completely inaccurate. I'll tell you what, uh, having over 10,000 people say that they want you to represent your city was yes, uh, not only humbling, but That's joy wonderful. and just like the warmest thing ever. Uh, so in 2016, I, I never wanted to be a politician. I'll tell you that. Uh, I get insulted when people say that I'm a politician. Um, but in 2016, when I ran, I didn't call you. That. Thank I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You, it's almost, you can't be called worse. Um, but anyway, in 2016, when I ran the night they released the election results, I was initially number four. Right. Okay. And back in 2016, elections were citywide. So you had mm -hmm. to go all across Vista. And, you know, I've been I've lived in every district of Vista as a, raised by a single mom. Mm -hmm. We went from house to house, bouncing around, okay? Um, so I, I was initially elected for the whole city, but I started out in fourth place. And then as the votes came in, I caught up to third place. And then about 12.37 in the morning, I get a text message, you're winning by one vote. Wow. And I pulled up the votes, and sure enough, I was ahead by one vote. And it was kind of a trend, and, you know, the lead grew, and I eventually got to where I was. I mean, I finished second in the total votes. You want to be the top two in order to get elected. So in 2016, I ended up finish, finishing second, and I ended up finishing with a reasonably good lead. Mm -hmm. But, man, I'll tell you what, you, you know, election night. I lost. I'm in fourth place, you know, and you thought I, it was over. Yeah. And but I heard you celebrated before the votes came. All the votes were. in. Oh, so this was another thing. Once it was on the news. So the next morning at like 10 a.m., they're like, Joe Green, city councilman of City Vista. <laughs> I jumped up and down in my in my house. My kids are like, woohoo. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No sooner as I jump up and down, I get a phone call and it's my campaign consultant. And I'm like, hello. And she's like, yeah. Uh, did you watch the news? I was like, yeah, I won. She goes, you cannot announce that you won. What do you mean I can't announce? There's still a hundred thousand votes that they're counting down at the, you know, registrar of voters, oh, and we gotta man. wait for all those. Your so heart must I had sank. to withdraw my like, you know, I made an announcement that I won, so I had to remove uh, that, and and then by the time I really won, I was like. <sighs> You know, the moment was already, yeah, yeah. I already did the happy dance, you know, but it was still just as gratifying. I mean, knowing people believe in you uh, was a really funny. huge thing. And, you know, the biggest thing in doing this job is that you don't want to let those people down. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure they know that you're doing what you said you were going to do. Uh, you're supported by who you said you're going to support. Your priorities going into it are still the same priorities and that you've made progress on those priorities. So, well, Especially in the city that you're from. Yeah. Right? The people that you grew up with believe in you. Cool. And... and I, you know, I have, I don't know, like 5,000 friends on Facebook. I want to say like mm -hmm. 3,500 of those are probably from Vista <laughs> that I actually grew mm -hmm. up with. Uh -huh. And I see these people at restaurants. I see them at the stores. I see yeah. them at church. And it's about you built more your relationships me. organically. Heck, yeah. Uh -huh. It's, a, it's a, about a lot more for me than being an elected official. It's about being somebody who's making a difference in this community. So. Awesome. So anyway, so you're asking about the signs, okay? There's mm -hmm. signs, okay, there's all, signs all over I've the seen place. Signs. There are signs, so I am running for re-election. And you know, the reason we're running for re-election is because I feel like the three things that I, you know, put a priority, public safety, infrastructure, and business development, 
Still not done. We still got to keep working on those three issues. And I have the support in all three of those uh, you know, areas. I got the firefighters and the sheriff's department supporting me for public safety. I got my uh, local uh, maintenance association in the city who takes care of infrastructure who endorse me. And then from a business standpoint, just countless business owners and organizations um, that support me in my run. So I really feel like the work I've done has been good. And when I initially ran, I had zero endorsements, no support from anybody, mm -hmm. none, no political parties, no nothing. And uh, I always say I don't fit anybody's mold, but Vista's mold. And that's the only mold I'm trying to fit. So that's beautiful, man. That That's that's great. So were there other government workers in your family? I mean, where did this idea come from? No, nah, the idea came from PTA. OK, mm -hmm. so, seriously. Yeah. So. Um, being a president of a PTA is a lot of work. I mean, I was putting probably 30 hours a week in just, we have 22 different schools or maybe 26 different schools. And I'm having to go to these schools and train parents and things and just read, you know, bylaws and, uh, you know, how Robert's rules of order. I mean, how to mm -hmm. run meetings and stuff like that. So, you know, the PTA actually is extremely political. And the reason why I got into politics was I felt like my city was disconnected from my school district. And that's the way it is in a lot of communities sure. where the city blames it on the schools, the schools blame it on the cities. And it's true. We have different governing bodies. We have different budgets. However, we both serve the same community and there's no reason to blame shift. We should be able to work together for our community. So I really wanted to open up that form of communication between my school district and my city to make sure that we were doing more stuff together. Um, I have a great relationship with the superintendent of the school district. I know most of your uh, board trustees because I served for so long. Yeah, and that's got to be good. Now my city council people, they weren't showing up for any school stuff. Now they show up for everything. They're there for the graduations. Oh, they're, great. they're there for Read Across America. Yeah. We got the sheriff's department now. They do trunk or treat during Halloween time. They I've been to those. Coffee with the captain. And we do what's called a tunnel of kindness twice a year throughout the city where the sheriff's department comes up, the city shows up. And we just let kids run around and we high five them for showing up at school. So, you know, trying to try to do more good things in the community and connect us all together more. So that's where it came from was serving. So really, you're a community worker, basically. <laughs> Working bee. Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, I, I want to build relationships. I want to connect people who can further the mission of different organizations in our city. Mm hmm. Well, you certainly have the, you got a lot of energy. <laughs> you got a lot of energy. Yeah, people ask all the time. I, I leave my house about 4.30 in the morning. I normally get home between 7 and 9, and I try to redo that every single day, man. It's good. Now, we've pulled a few of, uh, quotes from you from your campaign website. Give it to me. Just a few things. So one, uh, we've got, I want to work with my community to bring new innovative businesses to our town. Mm -hmm. We've got unity and collaboration for the betterment of our community. And the third one is, it must be like one of your mantras, because I've heard you say it a th uh, like three or four times so say far, it. is people over politics. Boom. That's, <laughs> that's right. Those are those are three big things. So why don't we start with the big, the first one. The, um, I want to work with the community to bring new innovative businesses to our town. Because that's, you know, that's that's me. Like, right. So when we when we met out networking, to me, it's all about business. I love seeing business people, business owners. And we welcome new ones. Yes. We always welcome new ones. And yeah. so, um, you know, like I said, I'm down to shake hands with strangers. I, I want to meet new folks Certainly. who haven't either an idea, a new idea or an old idea, but, are, you know, are trying to are trying to get it popping. Yeah. So um, you want to bring more businesses into the community. Yeah. We want to make sure that they know that we're a business friendly city. Yes, you know, sir. Regardless of what your business is, we want you to be successful. We want to provide every tool for you to be successful. 
Um, when I got elected, we started these new things called challenge coins. And maybe you're familiar with them in the in the military standpoint where you get a challenge coin. Well, we made these challenge coins in the city of Vista and they talked about what our mission is. And one thing I did after getting elected when we started getting these challenge coins is every time a new business comes into town, I show up and I thank them and I let them know, hey, this is the mission, the city of Vista, and this is what you're doing in order to help the city. Um, so there's been a lot of new businesses coming. As you know, we have a thriving biotech industry in, in Vista. We have a thriving uh, brewery industry in Vista mm -hmm. now. <laughs> and we got a lot of different restaurant choices. Um, but as a city councilman, it is my job to make sure that when people come in here and ask, hey, how is it to do business in Vista? They know that we're not putting up barriers. As a city, we want to be more of a help than a hindrance. What got me fired up and off my couch to run for office, and I talk about serving the community and, you know, loving the community and loving Vista. They took my parking away on Escondido Avenue. All right. It used to be Escondido Avenue. It's called Civic Center Drive now, but I've been in the same location since 1997. I got a letter in the mail on Thursday that said on Tuesday, we're voting to take away parking on Escondido Avenue. Now it's a residential area and a commercial area and people use that parking. People in my office would use the street parking. So we had room for our clients in the parking lot. Well, there was no, we sent a letter. I wasn't available Tuesday saying, hey, what should we talk about this more? Like we use it for parking. How about you, you know, pump your brakes a little bit. Thursday of that week, no parking signs went up and they restriped the street. Wow. And I could not believe that as this business owner, this PTA guy, this guy who's all over, mm -hmm. that nobody told no me they were taken away. And yeah. it affected my business. And it affected Andy DePaul, who was an accountant um, in 510 Civic Center Drive for about 30 years. He actually is no longer there because he had to park down at City Hall and walk to his office because during tax time, there was no place for his clients to park. So... You know, you can complain about things that don't change or you can get off your seat and go run for office and try to make the change. So, so, you know, that was a big thing for me. But when businesses are affected, it's very important that as a city council that we let them know we're here to help you and we don't want to take away your parking or take away your ability to do business. Yeah. I also I love the, the connect with your other business in real estate. You know, if I were buying a house from you. You're going to be able to tell me about the town. You yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. I know all the zonings and all yeah. the guidelines and setbacks and everything. And some people will complain about a realtor being on council, but I'll let you know, I'm a residential real estate guy. I don't do any commercial and I've been doing residential real estate for 97. I'm not changing what I do. I do just fine doing what mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. um, but being a real estate agent has allowed me to read a lot of plans and I know about zoning and setbacks and I've been reading paperwork since I was a wee little lad. So big <laughs> stacks of paperwork and plot maps and they don't bother me. So it's great. Awesome. People over politics. So people over politics. If you check my voting record, you'll see that I don't vote with any particular party. Um, I will say I am a registered Republican. I have been my whole life. However, I've uh, up until this year, I've never been endorsed by the Republican Party. And I think this year it's because of the political climate we're in, obviously. Um, but my votes have never been down any type of party line. Did run for mayor in 2018 and I ran, I lost. And one of the hit pieces against me was Joe Green supports Sanctuary Cities. Mm -hmm. In that same meeting, I got so upset about it that I lost my temper with a fellow council member and there was a thing. Joe. I read about that. I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah, no, but <laughs> this was all the same thing and it, and it had to do with partisanship. And right. You know, I'm always going to be a, a fiscally conservative guy. I mean, I, my moral compass is with Jesus 100% of the time. 
But there's things that shouldn't be brought to a city council. Yeah. We're not going to be talking about federal immigration policy. We're not going to be talking about, um, you know, pro-choice, you know, pro-life. We're not going to be talking about universal health care. Yeah. Those are things that are beyond the scope of what I do right, right. as a politician, as yeah. a city councilman, per se. So when I say people over politics, my job is all about people. It's not about politics. So that, that's what I it comes that, down man. to is let's let's work for everybody. I'm not working for Republicans. I'm not working for Democrats. I'm not working for independents. I'm working for Vistans. And I want everybody's vote. So yeah. I'm not trying to turn Vista red. I'm not trying to turn Vista blue. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it green, man. Yeah. Let's, let's just stay Vista, yeah. you know? So Come that's on. what that is. That's your city council member, yeah, Vista. Green, <laughs> green for green. Yes. There you go. Your real estate career uh, lend itself to this other field of work. And I kind of touched on it a little bit before, but I would say that it just allows me to understand property rights. And when I got elected to being a city councilman, I didn't know that land use issues were going to be the most controversial part of my job. Okay. Like I wanted to work with the city and, you know, work with the schools. Zoning and land use and general plan amendments, those are the most controversial things. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to build on this land next to this residential area? Or what are you going to build next to this commercial area? Are you going to change this from a C1 to a C2 or to a low density housing to a medium density to a high density housing? Um, So my my real estate career really helped me understand the differences in zoning and the different requirements for infrastructure for new housing development because you know tying into sewer and school fees and traffic fees that all costs money and knowing that coming in wasn't a shocker to me i felt like i had a leg up on my competition getting back to real estate go ahead um what other lessons are out there for you like if there, there's got to be more to learn right we have to continue to grow i oh, mean yeah. i understand i mean certainly in these times we're talking about COVID. We're talking about so many things, right? I'm sure you've been doing virtual tours at times. Oh, like yeah. there, there's, there's probably more out there for you to learn, right? Yeah. Uh, I hate to give some oh, of these like, no, they're just coming out now. Well, I would say leaders are learners. Learners are leaders, yes, you know? And if the second you stop, the second you stop learning, you're going to stop, you're going to stop leading. All right. Okay. And I want to lead in business. I want to lead in politics. I want to lead my family, which means I'm always learning in real estate. Technology has made my job a lot easier. I send listings to 37 buyers every morning when they wake up and have coffee. Now, I don't do that. It's automated. But every morning they get an email from me um, with my transactions, all my contingencies and timeframes, disclosures are due, proof of funds is due, loan contingency removals. It's all automated now. So, you know, kind of integrating technology and making sure that you're always up on the latest and greatest. I never want somebody in my business to have something available to the consumer that I don't already know about, that I haven't already mastered. So I always want to have my finger on the pulse of the industry to make sure that I'm the best at what I do. And there's no doubt when I leave your dining room table, because that's normally where I'm sitting down at, I'm the guy that you want working for you. That's beautiful, man. Joe. Go ahead. I'm, you know, one of the things that this podcast is all about is motivating people, younger people, older people, people. People. To come into business, to to decide on going into business for themselves. Because... You know, business is where a lot of people really get started in terms of becoming successful. Mm -hmm. At this time, you know, with all the havoc that we see going on in the economy and uh, uh, people losing their jobs. Yeah. Okay. And they don't know which way to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're at a crossroad and they're thinking, 
you know, should I go back and look for another job or, you know, since I've got a little, maybe I've got a little savings or something. Mm-hmm. I think I want to make a, make a shot at it. Yeah. A career in uh, real estate. What would you tell them? Um, you know, real estate's tough. I'm not going to lie. All careers are tough, but you have to be willing to fail. All right. Mm-hmm. I always say uh, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. All right. And that's kind of how real estate goes is you want to think that you're going to be great and successful, but you have to be prepared. Um, just owning a business in general, though, anybody who's on the fence about being a self-employed business owner, get off the fence mm-hmm. and just take a risk. Mm-hmm. Yes, There's sir. always jobs out there. I could go get a job making 120 grand a year tomorrow. No mm-hmm. problem. Send my resume. I get that job. Mm-hmm. But making the kind of money that I make selling houses and owning my own company and being able to be diversified, you know, they say the average millionaire has seven different sources of income, seven different sources of income. If you're working a nine to five, making $20 an hour, 40 hours a week, you're not even thinking that as a business owner, it allows me to expand my mind and expand my opportunities where I'm not just making money from selling houses. You know, I sell houses. I I do loans. I sit on a couple governing boards. I'm a broker. So I have six agents who work for me. And then I go out and I speak to people to motivate them just like you. So I'm at six so far. I need to keep going to get more. (laughs) Um, But being a business owner allows me to peel back the curtain and really see how is it that somebody can pay you $20 an hour, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks per year. As a business owner, I can make that number and say, this is how much I have to close to put one of those to work. Wouldn't you rather be the business owner and say, man, if I make this much money, I could put one of them to work and I'm going to keep making more money. The more I hire, the more I make. And that's why businesses are successful because they, they don't limit themselves to a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. I never say I want to make 10 grand a month, man. I set my guys, my sights super high so that I'm not hitting them so that I constantly have something to strive for. That's right. mm-hmm. so, now to build man. on that, you're a successful business owner and you're a successful city councilman. What would you say to someone who, you know, has started their own business is doing okay. And it says, I want to be more involved. How mm-hmm. do you balance that? Um, you balance that by having an amazing wife. I've been married for 22 years to Jennifer Raquel Green, and she is the foundation of my world. And I would not be able to put my socks and underwear and shoes and pants and shirt on every day without my wife. So before you decide to jump into a thousand things, make sure that you're taking care of number one, which is your family. I've been married for 22 years. I got three daughters, 21 years old, 19 years old, 17 years old. I'm their best friend. I'm their dad. I'm their mentor. I'm their rock. My son, who's 14, Joey, same guy to him. I make sure they all know they're taken care of first before I do anything else. Because when you don't have peace in your home life, you can't have success in any other area of your life. So go home, make sure your wife loves you, make sure your kids love you, run by them what you want to do. And then when you have their support and they're motivated to lift you up, then go do it. But until you're squared away at home, don't do anything, man, because you can't be successful if you That's don't have awesome. a good support system. That's awesome. Yeah, I noticed your shirt was buttoned right today. Yeah, <laughs> things are good at the, at home. <laughs> I got a crease in this shirt, man. I took it out of a dry cleaner bag. <laughs> so we're we're getting close to wrapping it up. Um, you're you've got all these mantras. You've got all these things that we're writing down that we want to say to people. Um, so we're gonna throw one of ours at you. Give it to me. Here we go. So we're saying. There is a thin line between comfortable conversation and informative conversation. No one wants to be uncomfortable, but we'd all like to know more. So in other words, be considerate in your approach to educating someone. Ooh, that is an amazing quote. (laughs) If I could add to your quote, Mm -hmm. 
because I have another great quote that works with informative conversations. It says, listening is the bridge that love travels on. All right. What that means is that you can't love somebody until you've listened to them. You can't speak into their life until you've listened to them. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is be quick to listen and slow to speak. And if you want to have an informative conversation, that's a caring conversation that you're actually going to make a difference in that you're not going to be confrontational in. Make sure you listen first because the best conversations start with listening. Good point. I love it. Love it. We want to thank you, the Pride of Vista, Joe Green. You're a man of your word. You showed up. We appreciate you being here. Uh, you told us you'd be here. And we're really right after your call with mom, of course. Yes, mm -hmm. sir. All right. I've taught sales. I've met politicians. There are plenty of both that think that taking the time to remember names or keeping a smile on your face is all that you need to get people to respect you. But some of us will take the time to try to see you for who you truly are. People over politics, I really like that. So many talk about making a difference, but some are just trying to make a difference for themselves or their own family. The young and the old are hearing from us. The business owners and the business-minded are hearing from us. We need more people like you to speak to them. We have our fun, but we're here to build a future. Good luck on your reelection, and I hope you come back to celebrate with us after your victory. Mm, I will gladly come back if there is a victory and know if. that know that the victory has already been had yes, sir. in him. And regardless of what happens, I'm going to keep smiling and serving the city. So thank you guys I so much it. for your time. It's been a pleasure. One more question. Well, give it to me, Bill. Are, are, are you going to run for mayor yet? <laughs> if that's what the community wants, we'll see. But as of now, absolutely not. Just being Joe Green City Councilman feels great. I got enough on my plate without being the mayor of Vista. And our mayor is fabulous. Love you, Judy Ritter. <laughs> All right, Judy Ritter. All right, everyone. If you'd like to get in touch with Joe Green, you can find him on Facebook at Joe Green Vista City Council, on Instagram at Joe Green for Vista with an underscore in between each word. He's on Twitter at Joe Green 760. Those are numbers, not words. Uh, his websites for his real estate, he's at www.greenteam760.com and for his campaign, www.joegreen2020.com. And if you want to get in touch with Joe personally, you can email him at joegreen760 at gmail.com. That's Joe Green. Boom goes the dynamite. Like and subscribe, Same Business, Different Day Podcast, and follow us everywhere at Same Biz Pod, S A M E B I Z. P.O.D. Thank you, Joe Green. Thank you, Zeke. Thank you, Same Business, Different Day. Huh. So we're going to cut to that last part about uh, not running from me. Shoot. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Same Business, Different Day podcast. A special thanks to Star Fox Media on video production and James Russell on music production. Please like and subscribe the Same Business, Different Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a nice review. Tune in next week for an exciting all-new episode.